0: I'll be buried. Carolina, you're watching My Fellow Americans with your host, Spike
1: Cullen. Yes! Yes! Thank you so much. Thank you. It's me. I forgot to send my, send my phone It's me. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. Clap for the beauty industry miracle. How would we know... That you wanted the beauty, industry, miracle, whatever that is, unless you kept clapping. Welcome to my fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. Thank you for joining me on this Wednesday, the 9th of June. It is already, we are almost halfway through this year, and I'm, I'm not ready to, I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready, but I am ready for this show. I'm so glad that you've tuned in. This is a Muddy Waters Media production. Check us out everywhere. We are on all social media apps and platforms. We are on all podcasting apps and platforms. We are everywhere. Be sure, of course, to go to anchor.fm slash Waters today to sign up uh, to all of our podcasts. Uh, And check out all of our episodes on muddiedwatersmedia.com. Be sure to like us, follow us, subscribe to us, all of the different things that you do on whatever platform or venue you are watching this on or listening to this on. Be sure to show that you are a part of our thing that however that works uh and if you're doing it on youtube hit the bell so that your phone explodes every single time we go live that is the last thing i do not want you to miss out on this be sure to share this right now especially if you're watching it live share it right now the last thing that i want is for you and your closest loved ones to miss out on a libertarian podcast on a wednesday night it's the last thing that i want for any of you give the gift of spike cohen today kids Love it! This episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest-growing waffle-related caucus in any political party ever—not just the, the Libertarian Party, but literally any anything. This is this is the biggest Waffle House thing that isn't Waffle House. And if you'd like to become a member, go to the Facebook group Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus to become a member today. Uh, and if you want to become an official voting member, whatever the hell that means go to muddiedwatersmedia.com/store and you can sign up today you can get a button. They have buttons with this logo on it. Surely you want something like that. The Gravy King. Cumberland Cannabis. Viable, ethical, effective. It's weed. Actually, well, it's not weed, it's CBD. Well, it's Tennessee CBD and if you google that, you can find out what that means. It's pretty interesting. But if you go to cumberlandcannabiscode.com, literally everything written there, mine, they just didn't put the com at the end of the dot. CumberlandCannabisCo.com to get all of your CBD needs fulfilled in Cumberland County, Tennessee. Thank you so much. Joe Solowski is running for uh, Pennsylvania governor. Joe Soloski is the key to Pennsylvania success. And if you'd like to help him in his run to be the first libertarian governor ever... Go to Joe Siloski, that's J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I dot com. Jack Casey, the author of the books The Royal Green and Silver Throne, books that are about rings and knives and snakes and butterflies with human eyeballs on them. That ring also looks like it's doing something weird. What's that about? I don't know. I haven't read either of these books. But these books are fantastic, and I can promise you that, having never read them. I know they're good, because I've been told by the person who wrote them, Jack Casey, that they are good. So if you go to the royalgreen.com, you can start buying these books. Coming soon is book number three, Crowned by Gold, which if you if we collectively buy a thousand or more of those books, he will rename that book to whatever we want. I don't know. I don't really have anything in particular, but if you do, then you know what to do. And of course, the most appropriately named sponsor to ever sponsor muddied waters media mud water it just cut off right there i don't know why there we go mud water folks if you woke up today and say oh my god if i drink one more cup of coffee it'll be one too many i want a coffee alternative that's made out of masala chai cacao mushrooms turmeric sea salt cinnamon and literally nothing else well folks i have some fantastic news for you if you go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud you can buy that you can buy all of that in a small black tin it has one seventh of the caffeine of coffee just enough to wake you up but not so much to give you health problems which is what coffee does. So if you go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud, you can get your own mud water today. I take it myself. I am already still this wired at 8 p.m. Eastern, and that's that shows you something. But I don't have health problems. Well, I have MS, but that, I don't think that's because of the mud water. It's a existing condition. But if you go to mud water, uh, muddywatersmedia.com slash mud, you can get some today. It does not taste terrible, which, I mean, coffee does. So right off the bat, it's already better. And of course... Personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. If you live in Florida and someone hurts you in a way that is actionable in court, then I have somewhat good news for you. You can sue them by going to ChrisReynoldsLaw.com and hiring Chris Reynolds to represent you in your civil suit uh, to sue them and get money. And I have no—I cannot guarantee that he will get you money. And frankly, any anyone who does guarantee you they can get money is lying because there's no there's no guarantee of that. But if you have a good case— uh, he will do as well as any other attorney in Florida. And I say that having, well, I've never hired an attorney in Florida, but from everything I've heard, he's the best attorney in florida to sue people and put money in your pocket if you need money in your pocket and have been personally injured ChrisReynoldsLaw.com. the intro and outro music to this and every single episode of my fellow americans ever comes from the amazing and talented mr joe davi that's j-o-d-a-v-i check him out on facebook go to his soundcloud go to his bandcamp joe Davi Music.bandcamp.com and you can buy his entire discography it's like $25 it's the best thing you'll ever listen to thank you so much to Joe Davi I'd like to thank Le Bleu for this beautiful water that I got out of that box over there Le Bleu 89% oxygen 11% hydrogen it's water and nothing else it's kosher it's made in America and it's BPA free just like me Shout out to Tehran Turks, mom and him, as always. Folks, I probably don't have to tell you that doing business in this country is an absolute mess, this country being America for our international listeners and watchers. It's a mess. You have to spend thousands of dollars in the beauty industry. You have to spend thousands of dollars in licensing fees, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars, depending on what country you're in or what state you're in. You have to spend years in school and uh this is to cut hair and to do nails. Uh it is an absolute mess and then on top of that, you have the difficulty of even finding clients to begin with, which during covid and the lockdowns and some of the um apprehensions that people have about going back out into the world and getting these types of services makes it even harder. But the good news is, my guest tonight believes she has discovered the solution to fix the problems in the beauty industry. So, without any further ado, Ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Americans, please welcome to the show, Alex Hatch. Alex, thank you so much for coming on.
2: Thank you for having me. Thanks, Spike.
1: Thank you. Thank you for wading through my ridiculous sponsorship section i probably i don't do that throughout the show by the way like there's not like a halfway point where i start doing that nonsense again so we're already we're done with that and we can move okay. on and talk about uh talk about what you're doing uh and folks be sure to chime in with your thoughts and questions and alex and i we're live right now we will tell you if you are right or wrong you might be wrong and we'll tell you because i i, I love probably I much to the let... answer to it okay well i'll tell you <laughs> we'll talk about it but i'll tell i'll i'll let you know if you're right or wrong, and I'm not against telling you that you're wrong. I'll tell you, you already know that. So, Alex, first of all, before we get started, you're a libertarian, right?
2: Yes. I mean, that's a loaded word now. It's (laughs) like, there's so much infighting. So, so I don't know how I identify anymore. Um, I started listening to Dave Smith and Michael Malice, and now I think I might be more uh, anarchist, ANCAP. Uh, And then, like, agorism has some benefits to it, so... I just, I don't know how I feel about the labels anymore. Well,
1: I mean, that's a form of libertarianism. I'm an ANCAP, so we are, we are, we're here, we're proud. We're not going anywhere. Uh, And uh, yeah, no, that's a form of libertarianism. So uh, before we get started on this thing with the beauty industry and and Mantafly, tell us about, I'm always interested to hear when someone's a libertarian, how they got here. Um, Was it kind of an aha moment, sort of a gradual evolution over time? every libertarian has their Genesis story tell us the the Alex Hatch Genesis story
2: yeah so mine is a little bit different because I was raised with a lot of these views my dad is a libertarian um okay. so like but my mom was a Republican so I kind of I grew up listening to him debate other people and I just thought he was so smart um, and also kind of... Uh, a jerk sometimes (laughs) because he would tell people they're idiots a lot and just laugh at them. Um, but, uh, I just remember thinking like, wow, that's so awesome. Uh, uh, but I didn't really pay attention to it until college. And then college is when I read Atlas Shrugged and the Fountainhead and I joined the objectivist club. Um, Mm. I know Ayn Rand is not a big fan of libertarians. Um, but she was a capitalist and believed in the free market, which I do. Uh, And so, so kind of, that's when I started paying more attention. Then I have to say, I didn't pay that much attention. I just kind of voted libertarian and um, held the belief that, you know, freedom and free markets are better in general Mm -hmm. and that socialism is worse. Um, I started really paying more attention uh, during the lockdowns though, because that was affecting my life and my, friends and family's lives. And that's kind of when I started paying like way more attention to what was going on.
1: So you've been a libertarian, like pretty much from as long as you've been had sort of a formed political belief, you you kind of you're like that, that uh, I guess that that first among the first generations of like, starting off libertarians, like raised in a libertarian household and so forth.
2: Right. And in many ways, I feel like I don't have as interesting of a story because i didn't have i didn't reject my parents uh view you know like i feel like if you reject what you were raised with then your view is more valid and i didn't have that i kind of like you know validated my own belief like my own bias um so in in that sense it's not as interesting
1: well, listen. If you haven't estranged yourself from your family for your political beliefs, I wouldn't have. Even, if I had known that you hadn't done that, I wouldn't have even brought you on the show. So it's a good thing I'm finding this out now, because <laughs> I only like to talk to people who have a strained relationship with their parents over political concerns. No, this is good. I, I'm I'm happy to see that there are people that you know our, our ideas are becoming prolific enough that we aren't having to convert every single person. They're already in those ideas, you know, starting off. And I, I personally. You know, tend to think they're the most intuitive to what we just naturally believe anyway, um, and what makes the most sense. You know, you don't hurt people, don't take their things. We should be able to work together. No one should be above this standard, you know, golden rule of don't hurt people. Uh, even if they put on a badge or, or you know, a sign a fancy sheet of paper that doesn't give them some kind of magic authority. So, no, I, I like it. I'm I'm always happy to hear when someone was raised with that because they didn't have to. They didn't have to go through that process of going. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would it be that way? And then having to you know, rediscover what we were told as kids. So that's pretty cool. So let's talk about the beauty industry. Um, now, are you, were, are you in the beauty industry or was this something that you just noticed really had a need that needed to be met? What, what got you into even looking at this this sector to begin with?
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, the shutdown, and it was the summer, and I, I hate shaving, actually, and I wanted to be able to wear dresses and skirts. Um, right. I like to wax, and I used to go see a waxer, and everything was shut down, so I thought, okay, surely I can get someone who will come wax me, because I didn't want to do it myself, uh, And and I found it very difficult to find. I did eventually find some people um, and what I found was there's a lot of people during the shutdown who were willing to offer these services and uh, people who wanted these services, but it was very hard for them to find each other.
1: Well, and, and a lot of that's because the, the model, and I'm sorry, I'm not distracted. I'm looking for a photo of what I look like during the, the beginning of the shutdowns. Uh, And the desperate haircut that I needed, so I'm doing that while I'm I'm doing this. But so you know, part of the reason for that was that the model was disrupted, right? Like, if you need healthcare service or if you need beauty services, you typically go to a place to have that done. And if (laughs) those have either been shut down or locked down by law, or shut down by virtue of the fact that there aren't enough customers or clients to keep it going because people were just kind of hesitant to go out and do that in the first place until we had a better idea of what this thing was, then you know, it's not open. You can't get it. So that, that makes it even harder.
2: Yep. Yep. Um, I'm in California where it oh, well. was locked down for a lot longer. Um, and you said by law. And uh, so so this is a question. I've heard it's not actually law. It was a mandate. By order. And then, yes.
1: By order. By fiat. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but of course, um, a lot of people, I think more people here are complying with that than maybe other places. Um, There were some people that weren't complying. Like For example, my brother-in-law is a tattoo artist, and the tattoo shop in his town uh, stayed open. The owner of it said, I'm not shutting down. My employees have a right to work. They need to do that to survive and pay for their you know, food for their families, right, um, right, the right. police never showed up and shut them down. They actually stayed open. And there are a few restaurants in California too, uh, that I've heard of that stayed open and even without masks.
1: Yeah, no, it, it was, uh, it, so I'm in South Carolina, which we didn't, we did a, a stay at home order, but it wasn't a lockdown because they didn't call it one. Um, but it lasted for not even a month. And, wow. uh, and it was, uh, you know, the biggest thing here was they said you can't go on the beach. So the very next day, I went on the beach because you're not going to tell me I can't. I can walk to the beach. You're not going to tell me I can't go to the beach. I mean, the that's beach like the is safest
2: place you could be.
1: Sunlight and <laughs> salt water.
2: And it's the usually own, windy at the beach. It's outside.
1: Outside wind. Oh, you typically stay several feet away from other people. Like you, you're not really going to be more than maybe five six feet away from someone like unless they're with your party that came there right like you know you naturally this is sort of the perfect the only thing is if there were maybe hand sanitizer just occasionally falling from the sky and slathering every like literally there was no uh you know there was there was you're getting vitamin d from the sun like it, it you can't no real no virus can live there unless it's a waterborne virus which this wasn't um like there was literally no reason to shut it down but they shut it down so i i go to the beach because i'm libertarian and I'm you know you can't tell me what to do and I show up and everyone else is at the beach too and I'm like okay and this was in April so it wasn't even like during the the hot you know like when everyone goes it seemed like if anything there were more people there because they were going to show the police you can't tell me and the loophole was you could go to the beach if you owned or lived on beachfront property but you couldn't go using a public access you can only use a private access and only if you were an actual resident of that private the, the the property that had that private access you couldn't go as a guest well i'm looking out there and literally i'm like there's never been this many people out in april these people do not all live here most of the people that own oceanfront property here aren't even here yet and uh and sure enough you know the police are going oh uh, uh, is the you, are, how did you get here and everyone's like private access and they're like oh and they were like, and so they asked me, I'm like, yeah, I li- I live here, and they're like, okay. And I didn't even say I lived Oceanfront. I was just like, I live here, and they're like, okay. So you know, so they were actually goes-
2: questioning people
1: for the first couple of days, and then I never saw a cop out there again. It was such a stupid. It was it. Well, it was nonsense, obviously, but it was such a stupid thing. Man, I have made a lot of content in the last year. I'm going back to try to find a picture of me uh, where uh, uh, where it shows what my my hair looked like. I'm I'm about to give up because it was it was far enough back, but um yeah no it was it was yeah they 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 briefly and and again they didn't turn anyone they were literally just asking people like kind of walking around the first day or two and then that was it I never saw one again um and then I even called the police or I even called the like the main number just for clarification and they were like sir no one is allowed on the beach ever and I said well no they're allowed if they're private uh, residents and they're like no no one is allowed on the beach and i'm like well then you, i have to, someone should probably call 911 because there's thousands of people on the beach but so they didn't even know the rules it was so stupid and 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 most of the stuff was barely enforced the only thing that was really that enforced uh was crowds of over 500 or 250 or something had to get special permission uh to be able to host an event and they did they got it if they asked for it um but that's pretty i'm like we just we didn't the people here were not willing to tolerate it. And so no matter what the order said, we just did what we wanted anyway. And they didn't have the enforcement mechanism to stop us. So there are many problems with South Carolina. That was not one of them. We actually did fairly well compared to most other states. But So you, you are having difficulty getting aesthetic services, uh, beauty services. Uh, you're, you're not able to get waxed and uh and so you come up with this idea tell tell us what talk to us about this idea what was this idea
2: uh well i have business ideas all the time and i uh very rarely like i've never i've never actually worked this hard or spent this much money and time on one before this is the first time i spent um you know this many resources on an idea um right. so i think i have an entrepreneurial spirit <laughs> um but when I came up with the idea, I just thought this is something that is, that could be really big and could help a lot of people. Um, and one of the reasons I decided to spend money, so much money and time on it is, uh, one of my passions is helping kids. So this is just weird. Um, one of my passions is helping kids and respect, uh, uh, Spreading respectful parenting, respectful peaceful parenting, and alternative education. I think that uh, public schools should be abolished. I think it's horrible what we put kids through. It's awful, um, and so I want to do something to to end that. And I've always wanted to start school, uh, but every time I thought about it, it would just cost too much money, and um, I didn't. I didn't have. I I couldn't do that by myself. So when I thought of the idea for Mantafly, I thought this is actually an idea that could make enough money that could fund this other project that I, I, I really want to do. So what I really want to do is open up alternative schools in low-income neighborhoods um, and help spread the idea of peaceful and respectful parenting. I think this can help change the world. I think that violence breeds more violence and um, and kids are the most vulnerable people around us. And so helping them, I just, I can't think of a more um, fulfilling, noble cause than that. I have two kids and um, I love, I love being a mom. It's amazing. Um, I love working with kids. So it's it's just kind of weird that I thought of this idea to, so people could get like haircuts and get their nails done. <laughs> um, and, but really a lot of the motivation, like Behind that was, I mean, a lot of motivation was also just because I believe in a free market and I think that I can right. help those, everyone too, but also because I want to fund this other thing that so I want to do.
1: This is why I, I I brought you on because I talk a lot about, you know, libertarians have free market solutions to things and and they'll say and people that, you know, are still learning or that don't believe us will say, yeah, show me one. And so I'll show them examples of, of libertarians or even just people with the mind of doing things in a voluntary way, coming up with voluntary solutions. And what I liked about your idea with Mantafly, and we can get more into how it actually works and so forth, is it provides, a, it provides for a need that is out there in a disruptive and innovative way that helps people find customers. It helps customers find the, the providers. Um, and you then are, you know, want to take that uh, money and use it to help fund or use the profits to help fund, uh, you know, these this alternative learning uh, and peaceful parenting so that not just are you disrupting a sector or an industry in the in the, uh, you know, provision of services, but you're also disrupting how uh, or, or, or helping to disrupt education and, and and even parenting, you know, you're coming up with this sort of means of a holistic solution to a lot of problems. You saw problems. And instead of saying that sucks. Or even worse, going that sucks. <laughs> and I'm going to vote for someone who's going to make everyone do things the way I think they should. You said that sucks. I think I have answers for this. And I think that's really cool yes. that you did that. So
2: I think I let's... have answers for it. And not only that, I think that. The government can't do anything about that. The nature, I believe, the nature of government is no matter what hopes or wishes you want to see them do, like wonderful things you want to see them do, the way it works, like public choice theory, right? The way it ends up working out is is always a bastardation because the um, the motivations are not what is it? They're they're not aligned. Um, Everyone acts in their own self best interest, which I think they should. Right, that's right. the Ayn Rand objectivist in me, and that's mm-hmm. good. I don't think we need to fight that. I think we can use that for good. Um, right. But when you have the public sector, then you take that piece out of it. So now you have a bunch of people saying, like, "Well, I'm working at the DMV, and I want to work less hours, and I want more pay, and I don't really care if you're happy or not because I get paid either way." So the problem is, is, is not. The problem is when the motivations don't align, like you don't have, um, yeah, you need, I believe that we need to act in our own rational self best interest to help right. more people.
1: Right. Rational egoism. You, you, when you have an organization that is set up in such a way that it incentivizes not solving the problem, and when their model for generating revenue to provide these solutions or, or provisions or services or whatever is through extortion, which means they don't even have to demonstrate value to the person or people paying for it. Uh, and then you also give them control of the monetary system so that they can just do whatever they want. That's not going to lead to good outcomes. And then it gets even worse because the mechanism for choosing uh, not just uh, the the what we think about things. Uh, On every single subject, but also who we choose uh, to be the ones to carry this out are done in this universal democratic model, which instead of having individual stakeholders in a situation who actually know what they're talking about and have some skin in the game on a given subject, making those decisions and then either working together or disassociating and, and coming up with competing or cooperating solutions and then figuring out what works best. Everyone is expected to have an equal say and an equal equally good opinion on every single subject. Ever, Which means we all just go to wherever we get our bias confirmed, you know, whatever our preferred media is to find out what our talking points are. And then we go on the Internet and, and talk past each other about what the real answer is. And then we show up and we vote to try to neutralize some other schmucks vote. Uh, and then, you know, we hope that our side wins and that our will gets imposed on everyone else. It's basically the worst well, no, I guess the worst model is totalitarianism where just you have people just ordering everyone around. But then right behind that is the democratic model. Instead of having the stakeholders decide it, you give everyone an equal stake, even in things that they don't even care about. But they have to have an opinion about it uh, and they have to make decisions about it. So that's what leads to, for example, a beauty industry where people have to spend years in school and thousands of dollars before they spend a penny on developing their their services on uh marketing on their business if they have a a, you know an actual like brick and mortar business or if they have a mobile business you know getting their their cars and so forth talk to us talk to us for a bit about i'm sure you've talked to some providers about like some of the horror stories in terms of how onerous it is for someone to even become a hairdresser or an esthetician or a nail tech or a you know a, a wax artist Waxing, waxing
2: technician, I think
1: wax, wax tech. Tell us a little bit about like some of the, I'm sure you've heard some pretty, uh, uh, hair pulling out stories about just how difficult it is for them to even be able to offer this service.
2: It is hard. Yeah. So this is a a view I had even before I came up with the idea. I just, I believe that increasing increased regulations make things harder for people and hurt more people. Um, so so I had that idea before, but I wasn't in the beauty industry, so I didn't have a lot of firsthand experience. Um, right. Since I started MantaFly, I did learn a little bit more. I learned that, like you said, tens of thousands of dollars in years, and a lot of people disproportionately are like um, uh, poor people and like minorities are disproportionately affected by yeah. this because they don't have um, the, the funds a lot of times to do it. And um, it's super hard. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. A lot of these regulations are in place also not to like, there's this, there's this veil that it's there for your safety. Safety. Um, But a lot of it is to protect the salon owners that are already established businesses. They don't want competition in the marketplace. So it's, it's, it's really a giant mess. And you have, for example, um, hair braiding is the one I like to talk about the most hair braiding um, textured hair. Uh, is something you have to in most states go get a license for it takes a long time you have to go to beauty school to to do it and if that's all you want to do most of the people that do it learn that uh, the traditional way which is through family and friends and doing hair of their family and friends
0: practice and then they have to
2: go to Yep. They practice. And and that's with everything too. Um, But I'm going to talk about just hair braiding for a minute because um, what's interesting is they actually have to go to school, many of them, and they have to learn a bunch of stuff that they don't even use because they don't teach that in most beauty schools and it's not required. So, so they have to, they're required to take all these classes for everything. this all this stuff that they don't need and um, then pay extra to take the hair braiding course to learn something that they already know, um, and, and was traditionally done in a family setting in the home, which is just infuriating. Um, all of the things that on Mantafly right now that are off, like that are offered, we're still in beta. We're still building the platform. Um, and I want to eventually expand to offer more services than just the beauty industry. But right now we're focusing on the beauty industry. What's funny to me is all of them are things that are legal to do to yourself, to a friend or family member. Um, you can buy everything to, to do waxing, nails, yep. hair, yep. all this stuff. But the, what makes it illegal is the exchange of money, which is just crazy to me.
1: And, it's, and it's, it's wild because that's literally it. The government's not saying this is for your safety. Because if they were, if it truly was for your safety, then you wouldn't be able to do it for free. You wouldn't be allowed to do it you know, just for your friends. You wouldn't be allowed to do it for yourself because it's unsafe. What they're saying yeah. is the very second you make any money from it, they want their cut. That's it. That's all it is. That's all it is. If, if, if someone saw a mother uh, braiding her hair, uh, braiding her daughter's hair or her son's hair for them braiding you know what, what is obviously one of her kids hair uh at a, at a at a you know out in front of their house or something like that the police aren't going to do anything because even though supposedly that's unsafe because this is presumably an unlicensed aesthetician that is doing this work at, or beauty professional or beauty work or beauty amateur or whatever doing this work and that's not safe at all Oh, you didn't charge money? Can you oh, okay, imagine?
2: Can you imagine like you braiding your daughter's hair and then <laughs> the police showing up? Do you have a license for that? You have a license like it's to just braid your ridiculous.
1: Yeah. yeah. This, and this is what we get from government. So, yeah, no, this is why I'm an ANCAP too. Cause you, you listen long enough and you're like, oh, I don't think government's good at anything. But anyway, so that's a whole other subject. So, so how does MantaFly work? So, for example, I am right now, I just got a haircut, but let's say, I looked like I did like last April, which was anyone who stayed watching this show during that time. God bless you. Cause I looked like, I mean, I'm already, I'm like kind of a hobbit anyway, but I at least manage it somewhat. And I looked like I was a And then eventually I just let this grow out. Cause I didn't even care anymore. And it, it just was real. It was bad. I started wearing a hat just so you didn't have to look at it, but it was coming out on the sides. It was bad. I looked like, like, I, it was not good. So I'm in that situation. I, think... I go hot mess. Yes. That describes it. Thank you, Stephen. Um, the, <laughs> uh, the, so I'm, I'm, you know, I need the, this, this product. How would I use Mantafly? Like how would that work?
2: Uh, it's a, it's a platform. It's an application and eventually hopefully a website platform mm-hmm. as well. Right now we just have an Android and, um, iOS application that you would download to your phone and you can join as a vendor or a client. If you join as a vendor, then you can put what services you offer. Um, you can choose whether or not you want to put how much you charge for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can put pictures of your work. There's a little bio. Then there's the section for review. So in a lot of ways, it's like Yelp. The way I kind of think of it is it's like a better Craigslist. Because Craigslist, you can post all these things like, oh, hey, I'll mow lawns or whatever. Right. Uh, but the problem is it's it's anonymous. So it opens it up to to fraud, right? There's people that can right. scam you um, easier, but this platform is, um, it's we verify your email address and your phone number. So you're attached to that and then you can see reviews. So you can review someone. If you're a client, you can go on and see who in your area offers offers uh, different services that you're looking for. You can see their reviews, all this stuff. One of the reasons we left um, the how much you are willing to charge out of the platform is because we recognize that there is um, a lot of uh, complications with all of this. And some people, some people, we say that we accept people who are training. Um, so you can offer your service for free. You can trade. You don't have to pay through the app. Um, and we just want to create a virtual free market.
1: So if, for example, you're still working on your license and your whatever, you can just charge your services for free. And not charge anything and you can provide those service and it can help you, you know, have more of a client base than just your family and friends, uh, who might be inclined to go, Oh, yeah, no, I love my hair. And then, you know, they actually hate it, but they're just saying that but then you can actually get like actual clients. Uh, although I guess if I did my family's hair, they'd probably be more brutally honest than anyone else, but, but you can go in and actually build up a clientele while also learning how to do it. So that once you do have everything in place to be able to legally charge people, now you can legally charge them and you've got your base, your, 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 uh, your customer base in place.
2: Yes, exactly. You can practice. And that's how a lot of these, uh, the people in this industry start, they have done it for a while They want, they want to see if they like it. Like a lot of people that do um, nails and hair um, makeup is another one is they do it to themselves and their friends and they realize, Hey, this is kind of fun. I want to get better at it. And then they choose to go to school. So, um, yeah, we would just be creating an opportunity to connect people who would want those services and people who would want to offer them.
1: That's very cool. Now, uh, Jacob, uh, LaBelle asks, uh, he says, my sister is a hair artist uh, how can she get involved? Can people get involved or is it at that stage to be able to?
2: Uh, yeah, if anyone wants to get involved, um please reach out to me. That was great we we uh we have a platform. we're still working on it. Um, it's complicated right now, but if anyone wants to get involved, uh, that would be huge. and y- how do I say this? if it can grow basically as fast as people want it to grow. So right, right now I have to focus locally. I need to, I, uh, um, hotep Jesus, do you know, hotep Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I'm paying him to help mentor me on this and he keeps telling me I need to localize and specialize, which are like the two things that, uh, businesses like this have to do so right now i'm in the bay area and i'm passing out flyers and i'm running ads locally um and i'm specializing specializing specifically in hair braiding but the app right now is open to all beauty um anything beauty related it actually has tattoos it has uh piercings it has you know barbers hair braiders makeup artists waxing technicians nail technicians all that um so I'm trying to kind of focus locally, but if there's pockets around the U.S. that uh, hear about this idea and they want to make it work, it can it can explode anywhere.
1: Cool. So there's nothing requiring you're focusing in. your in the Bay Area, but if there's a pocket of people that want to take off with this, in uh, I believe, well, I know Jacob's in Minnesota. I don't know about his uh, about his sister, but you know, in the Pacific Northwest or in Minnesota or in the South or whatever, there's nothing stopping them from doing that. The platform is ready for them to start doing it. It's still in beta testing mode, but they can start doing it.
2: Yeah, it's still in beta testing mode, which means it's really annoying to use. So I do need people to help me beta test it. If you want to help beta test it, that would be amazing, which basically means you download it and use it. And when it starts acting weird, you tell me that it's acting (laughs) weird so we can fix it. That's like a big part of it. Thing. that's a big help like that's a lot of help that i need right now
1: <laughs> cool so so and so they can go to mantifly uh the um uh in fact uh is there an actual is there a website yet or
2: yep mantifly.com
1: mantifly.com and then that's right because this is what i was looking at earlier so uh mantifly.com uh and then you are also and that's m-a-n-t-i-f-l-y and that's on mm-hmm. everything that's on you're on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube. They yeah. think you're on Twitch. You're on every, you're like yep. us. You're on everything.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not actually active. I'm even on Float and I was on Parlor before they got shut down. Um, MeWe, basically anytime I heard of a social networking site, I would go and grab that name because I thought it would be better if I grabbed it. And if someone else grabbed it, then I would have to try and buy it from them later.
1: Even if you're not using it right, that's smart. That's smart. That's really cool. So it, this is ready for people to get started. It's still in beta mode, so like you said, it's annoying <laughs> that you know yeah. things will things will work wrong and or not work right or whatever. But it's it's already ready to go. If you want uh, beauty services, you can sign up for it. If you're offering beauty services, you can sign up for it. Um, so it's already ready to go, and uh, this is going to help people to be able to really get their, their name out there or to be able to get the services that they need, um, and uh, mm-hmm. and that will be a really good uh, thing. Uh, I am able to say, me personally, not anyone else, me, I can say as an agorist, there's all sorts of opportunities here. That if you know what agorism is, that, that's what I said. So uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. But uh, let's talk about – so the goal, like you said, is – raise money, uh, to be obviously, so you can obviously live off of, but also to, uh, to this other thing that you're doing with the schooling and peaceful parenting. Let's talk a little bit about that. What, what is the, let's start with, what do you see as the problem in the current education system and, and in in parenting as well?
2: Yes. Oh, that's, that's a whole thing. Um, (laughs) I, (laughs) I, uh, I feel like the, public school and even private school system failed me. Um, I did everything growing up. I even went to boarding school for a while. Um, It was not, it was uh, oppressive. I felt like, um, I feel like it's wrong to force kids to go to class and go through a program where they have to learn certain things at certain times. And if you don't make these benchmarks, then- then you're considered failing Um, because kids we all know develop differently. Um, So I would like to embrace that. I have my kids actually enrolled in a very controversial school uh, called a, it's a, it's a Sudbury school. Have you heard of that?
1: Sudbury school?
2: Sudbury. Yes. It's a democratic school. Okay. It's kind of weird. It's a school with no classes, no tests, no grades, no teachers. The kids actually vote on the rules, so there's a tremendous amount of responsibility and a tremendous amount of freedom. And I feel like those two things have to go hand on hand in hand. So when you put a bunch of responsibility on a kid, but you don't give them the freedom along with it, there's a lot. There can be a lot of resentment. Um, but if you give them both those things, I feel like most kids will um, will thrive. Like, so, they will end up doing things that you you had no idea they were capable of
1: so this is fascinating like i've I've heard of Montessori which is less structured and and really allows the kid to be guided but there's still te- you're saying no teachers
2: yeah they're staff members but they're not teachers so they don't do classes uh they okay. can help the kids so if you have a kid this and and also these schools take anyone from four to five years old all the way up to 18 19. Um, To graduate, you have to write an entire dissertation and do a presentation in front of a board of um, students, staff members and parents that are involved with the school and uh, you have to do this presentation on why you're ready to be an adult, why you're ready to leave school and graduate.
1: I, listen, it I'm sitting here laughing, but our current system sucks. We're using the Prussian model that was designed to turn. First of all, it wasn't even designed for girls. It was designed for boys to become either factory workers or soldiers, uh, or be rooted out and go to prison. Like that was literally what it was for. Either way, they were being institutionalized. They were either going to prison, they were going to be a soldier, or they were going to be a factory worker. That's why they use the bells and everything else. Like it's Pavlov, Pavlov's dog stuff. So. You know, obviously that's not a good model, but to hear like there's no teachers. So so there is obviously like adult supervision happening and, and adult guidance, but it's the children asking for it. And so it sounds like there's probably not, there aren't grades in this, are there? It's like no you just grades. Go...
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the idea is anything a child needs to learn, they're self motivated to do. You have. Uh, and so what I saw when I had my kids, because I, I didn't grow up like this, um, mm-hmm. I saw my my children wanting to learn. So they wanted they were motivated to sit up, to crawl, to walk to ride a bike, to talk anything you can think of. They were so motivated. They, they have this love of life and learning. They're so curious. And, uh, what happened to me and what I saw in my oldest, cause he ended up going to public school for a while is that that system just squashes that out of them. It squashes the creativity out of them. Right. Um, it's, it's awful. It's really bad. I mean, he loved learning and then he suddenly shut down and had a lot of, um, anxiety and behavioral problems. It was, it was terrible. Uh, And then, but on the weekends and when he, you know, vacations, he thrived. Um, And then also I feel like school can create this, um, this dichotomy, two things. One thing is it can create this adversarial relationship with adults. So you have us against them, us versus them. The adults are the enemy. This school, you'd never get that. An adult and a child are equal, um, and the kids have actually more say than the adults do because they vote on all the rules, and the uh, the kids outnumber the adults, out, outnumber the staff members. So the staff members might say, like, okay, I'm here. Of course, they'll keep everyone safe, but in general, like, right. the kids make the rules on how it works. The, and the kids, the kids have to vote on salaries, who's hired, um, how to spend funding, wait, all of that.
1: Wait, they're de- wait, wait, no, see, okay, so they're, kids as young as five and six are, have a stake in, in, well, they do have, they yes. always had a stake, but they have a say in who gets hired and what salaries are and what the.
2: They do, they have board meetings every week and they use Robert's rule of order. And if you want to wow. bring up, mm-hmm. and so now not all kids participate, uh, I've heard uh, the younger ones I haven't actually seen it in yeah. like in practice. I've seen some clips online, but I haven't right. seen it in practice myself. Um, the younger ones often don't care. You know, they're kind of like me before the shutdown, where I was like, "No, ah, the government's working fine enough." I mean, I'll vote libertarian, but whatever. And then when it right. really affects you, that's when you care. Uh, but as the kids get older in that system, then they uh, most of the time end up um, becoming more and more interested in the politics of the school. And then when they're ready. They, they go to the meetings and they participate. So they're not forced to. They don't have to go to those meetings and vote if they don't want to.
1: While I wrap my head around that, let me just go through the comments a little bit. Uh, Artemis says that he's downloaded MantaFly. Uh, he thinks his wife's going to utilize it in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Sweet. Uh, let's see what else. People are saying what a great idea this is um and uh jacob uh, labelle's mentioning uh put up your website you're right thank you jacob let me do that everywhere good point he's doing my job for me uh putting it in the comments um i also um people talking about different examples where this could also be used like for florists um and uh um yeah no the uh a lot of people asking how they can get involved, and you answered the, to be able to uh, – uh, that they can just uh, download the app and start offering their services or, or engaging in them. Um, uh, Janice says she's a retired uh, Montessori teacher. Um, so, yeah, these – okay, so these are the two questions uh, that I have about the um, – thank you, Jacob. The, the two questions that I have um, about the uh, – about this schooling model – uh, cause it's, I mean, I will admit it sounds like the seven year old get, but like you said, a little kid, you ask a five year old, who should I hire? And they're like, what's hiring? Like, I, you know, whatever. Um, but, um, and Meg Jones says, I feel like I would have done much better in school in this system. I was a straight A student and still until middle school, I hated it and did nothing out of spite. I was great in school until I got old enough to realize that I thought I knew a lot more than the teachers and I didn't like the the rigidity of it, and I kind of started dropping out and doing drugs and not being involved. Thankfully, my parents redirected that into, you know, homeschooling me and getting me into – and me getting into business, or else I would have probably gone in a much worse direction. At the same time, and maybe this is my status conditioning setting in, uh, I thought I'd gotten rid of all that. I guess the two questions I have – and and you, you you may not know this, but I guess the first one is – What happens if there's a kid who just doesn't ever care and doesn't really want to learn anything and doesn't uh, want to participate? And, you know, when it's time for them to age out of this, they don't really care about that because they know at some point they're going to reach emancipation age. I mean, this isn't common with kids, but there are some kids that just they don't care. Is there is how does this work for or with them?
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question, and when you say that's not common, I would actually argue that it is very common, and that I fell into that trap when I went to school, and what I would say to that is, this is the best place for them, because school is, I feel like school is what caused that for me. Um, School is what sucked everything, all the joy, right, out of learning for me, so when you have kids that shut down like that, and they don't want to learn, there's usually a root cause I would say there's probably depression and some other stuff going on. Um, right. And I feel like the cure to that would be to give them freedom and space um, and maybe counseling, but try and figure out what's going on. Because if they're that shut down, if they are not motivated to live life, that's a big problem. And school is not going to solve that. It might try and push them through it, but it's not going to solve the root problem.
1: So if people are going to thrive best in an environment where they have as much freedom and, and, and guidance available as possible. And if that still isn't enough, then there's probably an underlying reason for that, in which case it's easier to spot that because every kid isn't depressed in school. School is a depressing thing for most kids. So even yeah. if you're not depressed, it just sucks. So it's hard to spot the one that actually has an issue. Whereas with this, if there's one that really just is not thriving despite the fact that they're given all the the tools and opportunities to be able to take it and run with it then they it's easier to spot them and deal with it okay um and then yeah. i guess the other question is how is it determined to make sure so if a kid for example is really really into one or a couple sets of subjects is there an attempt to still make sure they're getting somewhat of a rounded education and other things that they may not be as interested in and if so how, how does that work
2: No, and I would say that is my biggest criticism of this type of school. And what I would like to see is a Sudbury model um, with uh, rotating guests who come in and do these awesome projects with the kids. So this is not the school. This is my crazy idea. This is your idea. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is my biggest problem is because you can have kids that are never exposed to anything. So they don't know that they'll like it. Um, So what I would like to see... Yeah, is this type of school with one addition being um, rotating guests. So you have like maybe a woodworker who comes and he makes a boat and the kids are not forced to do it, but they can if they want. And if you get people who are very passionate about what they do, the kids are going to see that. That's what that's what it lights fires. Right. Um, And if you have a kid that's so not interested in that, they're probably engaged in something else. And that's just the way their brain works. And they're just going to learn. That other thing so much deeper than they would doing anything else, right? Right. So um, I feel like we just need to trust our kids and give them freedom and responsibility. We have to couple those two things together, and uh, and they will. I think that they will thrive more. And what's crazy is this this model is so much cheaper to run because you don't have kids being forced into classrooms yeah, and was... uh, teachers needing to like grade papers and make right right you know um lessons and all of that stuff
1: this is ingenious this is really so and i like your idea as an addition that yes they have that responsibility and that freedom but like you said they may just not know there's this really cool thing that they you know at first blush like yeah i'm not really into math and then someone comes in and really presents it in this really cool way and they're like wow, I really like math or science or history or history was something I didn't necessarily think I liked, but because I was forced to take history, I ended up really liking history, but that's not a really good model. And, and the reality is the idea of forcing a well-rounded education into a kid is that you waste most of their time because they're not going to remember it anyway. I remember the stuff I was interested in, both in public school and in in, in, in homeschooling. I, I remember what I was interested in and what I wanted to find out more about, um, And the other stuff kind of fell by the wayside. I I remembered enough to not fail. In fact, sometimes I didn't remember enough not to fail. Whereas this, and, and especially coupled with your thing, let them go where they want to go. Bring in some people that have really interesting, cool takes on every single subject so that they at least get exposed to it long enough to go, yeah, that's kind of cool. I'd like to find out about it. Or if someone is so into math or so into science, or so into history, or probably more than likely a a combination of things really into that. And they see that and they're like, yeah, it's fine. And then they go back to doing what they're doing. Well, now you know where they're going. Right. And there's probably a way to work in where, uh, you know, and this is me thinking, put my corporate hat on. There's probably a way to work in where there are all sorts of people that would love to have kids that came out of this system. uh, And they could even sponsor them for any kind of higher education needs or whatever else. Seeing that these are kids that self-motivated their way right into that sector of the economy. Um, So that's really, really cool.
2: And a lot of kids, a lot of kids end up taking um, some decide that they want to go to a normal high school because they just have it in their heads, they want that experience. So they'll choose to drop out of out of the program to to have that experience. Uh, Some will end up doing classes at community colleges, because they want to see what that's like. Um, And also then when they graduate, if they want to, you know, go to college, then they have some credits uh, behind their belt, which is nice. A lot of kids graduate and are entrepreneurs, because not only are you running the school and you have experience doing board meetings with Robert's rule of order and how businesses work, you're also right. encouraged to run your own businesses at the school. So uh, when I went and toured the school that my kids are going to, they were saying there was a student a while back that really wanted a computer and um, the to to get money to buy the computer she loved baking there's by the way a kitchen at the school there's a library there's a musical instruments there's a sewing machine there's computers there's like just all this stuff it's really so all
1: this stuff Um, is there it's just not structured and rigid
2: exactly you can choose what you want to do there's board games everything and a bunch of kids of many different ages which is awesome because the young ones learn from the old ones and the old ones learn from teaching the young ones what they just recently learned themselves they get excited about it so it reinforces it it in their head it's all self-motivated um the the what was i saying the other thing oh the girl the girl loved baking so she made pie and she would sell slices of pie at school until until she made up enough money to buy a computer and it's like this is encouraged They encourage the kids to figure out solutions on, like, if a kid wants to do something, they're like, okay, well, how can you make that happen? (laughs) Oh, and a lot of kids, when they get old enough, end up getting jobs. So you can be going to school there. And um, at this particular school, and I think a lot of the Sudbury schools, you can actually leave campus. So the kids can walk to a store and buy candy if they want to they can walk to a restaurant this place is close to restaurants so they the the kids like to walk to restaurants and eat lunch and they have to know how to budget because they have their own money um they a lot of older kids end up getting uh jobs because they want to make money so um if you don't want to do something like sell something at the school you can actually take time off from the school and it's still considered the curriculum because that's what you're interested in you want to do and then they'll go work for like a cafe
1: right so they're being—they're still being protected. They're just not being infantilized. That you know, yes. it's like, oh, something terrible is going to happen if they go outside. It's like, no, good things could happen if they go outside. Something terrible could happen if they stay in here. This is incredible. I love this model. Um, and going through some of the comments here, um, you know, Meg Jones says that you know you're singing the song of her people um sean orton says his experience in school was pretty much the same steven uh says uh i I probably would have excelled because i would have explored a variety of different topics exactly because you can do whatever you want uh he said he's going to research it more uh benjamin says this sounds very unschooling um it
2: is it's like an unschool school so i actually found it because of that because i believed in unschooling and i was like man i like unschooling but i want my kids to be able to have Other role models, like other adults in their lives and other kids to be around. Is there an unschooling school? And I found this and I was like, ah, okay, this is amazing and it's cheaper than normal school.
1: Yeah, no, this is really cool. Samantha uh, would like you to know that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell um and uh, uh eric uh says uh hey over warriors and thinkers all kids are not created equal uh they've all uh, god made them all unique you leave these kids alone try getting them in shot cat shop class but don't be surprised when they don't all give you the same outcome uh you know they weren't all created in the same cookie mold you know let people basically let people be able to, to decide their own you know their uh their their path in life uh jacob likes pie not sure why that came up because um, I talked, I think because
2: I talked about the gal who made oh,
1: pie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, he randomly will say he likes pie, so that wasn't oh, okay. off for him. Um, <laughs> uh, Wyatt says the institution of schooling is what creates apathetic cynicism. Life is endlessly interesting and engaging. You have to learn to not care. That's and that's what you're saying is the schooling model ha- makes people hate to learn. Like learning becomes a bad word, and it takes a long time. Uh, and, oh and then not just it's a bad word people who like to learn are nerds and dorks only dumb kids are cool like you know only, only kids who don't want to know stuff are cool and, and and it's because it created that adversarial thing you were talking about between if you want to learn that means you want to be like the teachers and the adults you loser like it's you know and it's it's not like learning's a cool thing because i want to know things and i want to explore the world which is what which is what this is um, Meg asks if they can do this for adults. They probably do need to. Uh, and Sean, the, the model is called the Sudbury model. Is that correct?
2: Sudbury. Yep. S-U-D-B-U-R-Y. Yeah. So they, and um, go ahead. I feel like for me, I became very jaded with school. So jaded, in fact. And college, it's funny. I went to college. I graduated from college. And I was even jaded then. And I realize now that I just, I wasted so much time. Because my whole time in school was, what can I do how can I pass with the least amount of work possible? Which is like a terrible way to live your life, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it's going back to the government thing, right? If you're incentivized to just get there and do the absolute bare minimum, like basically show up so you don't get fined, you're not gonna you're gonna phone it in you're literally gonna just phone it in you're gonna in fact right now kids are literally phoning it in they're doing it on zoom they're barely there they're turning off their video cameras they're not engaged at all they're certainly not learning anything real um they're doing their time and they're learning that that's what life is you just show up and you put your time in and you don't get in trouble that's prison yep that's prison. That's, or it's prison or it's being a wage slave for someone else and, and and not fulfilling what you want to do in life and you're just a cog in a machine. It is what they... It, as much as they try to shoehorn new and engaging ideas into it, uh, most of which are bad ideas, uh, it's really just the same Prussian model from the 1700s. It's great if you want to create a bunch of soldiers and, and factory workers and prisoners. Uh, if you want to create autonomous adults... Uh, who are uh, excited about life, um, this is the opposite of what you need. So the whole point of this uh, is uh, what you want to be able to do is to uh, fund, and and I guess peaceful parenting is, this is really peaceful schooling and peaceful parenting in the same way of you protect the child, you guide the child, but you are not trying to enforce this top-down hierarchy. I'm protecting you because I'm your guardian and no, you can't do this. This is my property and we're going to learn how to use it properly, but it's not do this because I told you to. And it's right. applying that to how their schooling is as well. So you want to take the, the profits from Mantafly and be able to, to put it into this as well so that we're creating uh, more basically libertarians, but more well-rounded and, and excited about life people as children yeah. Uh, and be able to work up from there. I think that's really an incredible thing.
2: Yes, that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of funny because uh, when I talk about it, people are like, what does school have to do with nails? <laughs> but um, but <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm passionate about is uh, you know, free markets and um, and peaceful and respectful parenting and and this kind of unschooling school model.
1: Some of the commenters are saying that this is making them uh, question their whole life experience up to this point. So thank you for that. You you probably didn't know you were going to do that, make people have an existential crisis watching this. No, but listen, this this is good because it's not about just nails or school. It's about removing coercion, removing stupid models that never worked, and letting people work voluntarily together. Um, And like you said, you're starting with beauty care, but there's no reason. I mean, Amazon started with books. There's no reason that Mantafly can eventually be a free market uh, provision of service model for everyone, uh, you know, uh, in in every state, every country, you know, around the world um, to provide all sorts of different services. Because how much of a stretch is this to go into things like physiotherapy and and massage? Um, Everything. Yep. How far is it to go into things like tailored clothing? Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's all sorts of different things it is. And by making it based on a, a mobile model, now someone could still use this and have like a brick and mortar location, right?
2: Oh, yeah, totally. Yep, right. yep. And you can advertise it for free on the site. In fact, I tell people that. Um, and I say, if you have a salon, then you can go on Mantifly and advertise your salon and then just um, sell some services Mobily. And then you can you can do everything on there. The other thing I want to do is get cryptocurrency on the website so people can trade not using fiat.
1: Yes. All that Dogecoin you've been hodling, you can get your hair cut (laughs) finally. Uh Samantha asks, you know, she loves the model, but she's concerned about and I think it may she may not have heard the part that we said this, you know, how how are kids gonna learn in a format that at most a a nineteen year old is teaching them? There are still there aren't teachers. There are still staff that are there that can show them, guide them, and instruct them on different things, but it's not just the—am the, I, am I correct with this? There are still adults there that, when needed, can come in and help provide guidance.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, my my kids are young and um, still learning to read. And if they want help reading, they can go to a staff member. But honestly, the kids usually turn to each other because they don't see the staff members as being any different than the other kids. So it's kind of like, what body close to me can help me? Hey, can you help me? So it's not really like, are you an authority figure? Because I, I don't think they think in, that, in those terms. But yes, it's there tough. are adults. Obviously, you can't have... Um, a whole school with just kids there. That would be kind of weird and irresponsible. <laughs> there well, and, and, are there are staff members there.
1: And they're also learning authority based on merit. Hey, you know more about this. Can you show us this? Not they're above us and they tell us how to do this and then we listen. So it's, it's, it's literally learning that, yes, there is going to be some hierarchy in life, but the hierarchy is based on things like merit and respect and value. It's not based on, I got this badge right here, that says that you got to listen to me. It, it's it's based on, you know, actually, you know, how people can work together. And some people are yes. going to be able to do more than someone else in that situation. Um, so that's and that's how life works. Uh, I had uh, Chris Roofer on and he talked to for the people that watched. Uh, he talked about his model for he has a, a he's, a, you know, a, a multibillion dollar uh, uh, agricultural and distri- food distribution company. It's totally, it's not horizontal. There is hierarchy, but everyone comes in as basically an associate and they determine what's needed in the business and they fill that role. And the people work together to determine how where people are needed and how good they are at it. So this is like basically once they're adults, they can now go to something like uh, like, you know, like Morningstar and continue that model uh, moving forward in life. It's really cool. It's, and yes, it's community based learning. Justico Mitchell says when Doge hits a dollar, he's going to get a whole waxing on Mantafly. Um, oh, nice. So that, yeah. Um, so. OK, cool. So let's go back to to, to Mantafly. Uh, because I think that this is, I mean, if just the idea of, uh, of the MantaFly itself wasn't enough for people to want to get interested, your money is going towards, you know, revolutionizing how kids learn, not just subjects, but learn life and how to interact and how people learn parenting. Um, and I think that's incredible. So, uh, before, and, and by the way, Thank you so much for coming on. You've been a fantastic guest. This has been even more enlightening than I was hoping it was going to be. Um, but before I let you go, I want to give you a chance to tell us, how can people find you? Where are you? How can they get involved? Is there anything else you want to plug that you didn't get a chance to say? Anything you want to talk about, Alex Hatch, the floor is yours.
2: Oh, man. Oh, man. It's a lot of pressure thank you Spike, so much for having me <laughs> take on
1: your, take, your time, a... take your time take your time
2: oh this this is that um I'm so glad I got a chance to talk about all this I, I've been on a couple podcasts but this is the first one um that I've been on where I've gotten a chance to explain my ideas on um, schooling which are I have a lot of radical views pretty much everything is radical but I try and stay very consistent in in <laughs> all my beliefs and um that's kind of how I I came to find Sudbury. Uh, How can people find me? My email address is alex at mantifly.com. That's A-L-E-X at mantifly, M-A-N-T-I-F-L-Y.com. If you want to get involved with the project, we we do need a lot of help. I do need beta testers, but um, we also need coders and I mean, anyone who, who who wants to help out, I'm not turning anyone away. So everyone that's reached out to me so far, we have a small team right now of um, some volunteers, and uh, we're we're kind of all working together and trying to to um, make this work. Yeah, um, that's it, I think. Cool.
1: And MantaFly.com, MantaFly is available on Android and iPhone in beta mode right now. It is perfectly free to use. It might not work the best right now. They're still working out all the bugs. So come to them, let them know so you can help be a part of the MantaFly community, creating, uh, you know, making it into a, eventually a, a a product that's ready for it to come outside of beta testing. Um, yes. The uh, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, are you on Clubhouse, by the way, Alex?
2: Oh, no, I'm not on that because uh, I have Android and it was on Apple for the longest time. Is it open to Android now? It's it's
1: open on it. It's been on for about a a month now. Uh, It's on it. That's why I'm on it now, because I have an Android. Um, Get on Clubhouse.
2: Okay. Get on Clubhouse. This is
1: where Clubhouse is a perfect place for you to talk about this kind of stuff. Uh, And I I can probably get you in to talk with some people in the Libertarian Party uh, club that they have. Um, and and talk about this because this is really cool and i think that there are a lot of people that would really like to be involved in this um uh, i have people asking if they can be an alpha tester because they ain't no beta sure (laughs) um yes jacob blaze says he remembers that video of the public school teacher yelling at the teenager about his mask exactly and that's that's what we're trying to put to bed forever um yeah yes jacob yes we need to have I have multiple Jacobs. Uh, that's why I keep saying Jacob. Um yeah, I, I definitely we want Alex on Clubhouse. Um, and uh, we definitely need to do that. So uh, Alex again, thank you so much for coming on. Stick around, I'm gonna talk with you during the uh during the outro. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to this incredible episode, informative episode of My Fellow Americans. I didn't I had never heard of the Sudbury School either, so that's pretty cool. Um so be sure. What's today? Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Uh, Be sure tomorrow to tune in uh, right here at Muddy Waters Media. Tune in at 8 p.m. for the Writer's Block where Matt Wright will be interviewing Brent DeRitter uh, about his new startup, Sell Liberty. Brent DeRitter is one of the best messengers of liberty that I've ever met in my life. He is someone that if someone asked my opinion on something... I would be confident in having Brent tell them what my opinion is without even having to talk to him ahead of time. That's how much I trust this man's word and how much I trust his his ability to message liberty in a way that connects with people across the board. I've watched him in person at college campuses, knocking on doors and housing projects side by side with me, doing incredible work, talking to people that never even thought about our ideas, never even heard of them, and immediately fell in love with them. So if you want to find out how you can be an effective activist for liberty, how you can get people excited about setting the world free, tomorrow night, 8 p.m., Matt Wright, Brent Ritter the writer's block right here on Muddy Waters Media, this Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Come check me and Matt. uh, He'll be there Saturday. But come check me out in Lakeland, Florida, for the Libertarian Party of Florida's 2021 convention. I will be there alongside Joe Jorgensen and Scott Horton and Justin Amash and all sorts of incredible libertarians are going to be there. Uh, It's going to be a three-day event, action-packed. I'm doing multiple speeches and panels and hosting different things come on out uh if you live anywhere near Lakeland come on out uh all of the premium packages have sold out i am so popular that I've literally sold out, single-handedly, mind you, their entire convention. But you can still come for free, attend most of the events and all of the convention business, uh, and hang out with me. Uh, You just have to go to lpf.org, and uh, you can go to where it says the convention, and you can register there for free. I'd love to get to meet you this weekend. Uh, And then tune in next week uh, on Tuesday uh, for the very next episode. Oh, gosh, on Sunday... The thirteenth at three p.m. Eastern, the inaugural episode of the brand new Muddied Water show, Cajun and Eskimo from the Bayou to the Igloo. I'm gonna learn how to say that. And uh, Cajun Libertarian and Eskimo Libertarian Noel and Nulik, uh, Nulik are going to be doing their first show together. I'm super excited. I hope Nulik. Kills a bear during the show. I'm sure she will. She's usually hunting bear if she's not on the internet. Sometimes she's hunting bear while on the internet. So uh, tune into that on Sunday. Then on Tuesday, join us right back here on Muddy Waters Media, 8 p.m. for the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events like the sweet little summer cherubs that we are also, we're doing it in person together because I'm going to be down in his neck of the woods in Tampa Bay. I'm going to be at his house. We're going to be right there in the same chair, sitting together possibly on one another's laps for about two hours. Uh, so you can tune in for that for the Muddy Waters of Freedom. And then join me right back here next week for my fellow American. I'm looking up who my guest is because it all starts to meld together after a while, Alex. Um, who's oh, uh, my guest next week... Uh next uh Wednesday is Evelyn Lawson and she is going to talk about uh some really disgusting uh land grabs that the Texas government has done to poor people uh recently and in the in both the near and and long and near and far future both the recent and past whatever. Anyway, for a very long time the state of government state of Texas state government has been stealing large amounts of land from people, uh, just totally swindling them. And uh, she's going to come on and talk about that and talk about her book about that. Uh, So come join me right back here. Same Spike place, same Spike time for my fellow Americans. Folks, thanks again so much for tuning into this episode. I'm Spike Cohen, and you are the power. God bless, guys. (laughs)